This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. Believers everywhere are seeing the signs. Maybe you are too. There's something not right in our world. And right now they're getting ready for the book of the Revelation to unfold. They're storing food, getting ready for power outages and learning survival skills. But the notion that everyone will be bugging out may not be realistic. So what's the more likely scenario we should be planning for? One of the world's foremost prepping experts, Stephen Harris, joins us tonight for a reality check. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom, Torah fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Apocalyptic movies, you know, usually give us the same scenario for when, as Michael puts it, the brimstone hits the fan. It's usually a storyline about a lone survivor who left everything behind. But is that realistic? If our civilization does collapse, is it better to run off by yourself or be in community? To hoard your food or to share it? Our guest tonight, Stephen Harris, is going to give you a harsh dose of reality in episode four of Revelation Preparation. Now, before we bring out my co-host, let's bring out our astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. There it is there. Look for the new moon next week because tonight is the fourth and final Shabbat of the 11th month. Now, please welcome my co-host, our partner services leader, David Robinson. Good to be here. Good to see you. Yes, it's good to be here. So we have, uh, well, first of all, let's get into the love gift because mm -hmm. this is the last weekend folks can take right. advantage of the love gift. We have uh, Dr. Miles Jones, uh, with us, mm -hmm. uh, and so there's a, a great teaching there from Miles and uh, about the the Gospel of James, yeah, which is not in our Bibles, exactly. but that's right. I didn't realize most of it didn't have to necessarily do with Yeshua. You think it would because James was Yeshua's brother, right? Which is strangely enough, it is. But, but anyway, so it, it was mostly about uh, John the Baptist mm -hmm. and what happened. Uh, you know what what happened to his mother, what happened to his father. So all these missing pieces that we don't have in the Bible um, are in there. Now, why it's not canon, I don't know, because it doesn't change somebody's faith. No. It just gives the background story we don't know. Yeah, it seems like the things that are more historical that tell about the context of lifestyle and, and so forth like that, they it, it, it was not included yeah, for whatever reason, but. It's like, well, like the Maccabees, right? Yeah, exactly. Maccabees mm -hmm. and Tobit and all these other books that actually I have in, uh, as people saw in that uh, Bible comparison series we mm -hmm. just did with Keith Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, that it's the, the, the name of God, pure and simple, is what the series is called. I have this old Catholic Bible, not that I'm Catholic, but I loved it because it had all these other books in yeah, it. Yeah, it does, yeah. It's great, so anyway. So you get that for a gift of $50 or more. It's your last weekend to do so. If you'd uh, like to give a little bit more, we'd certainly be appreciative of it. And David, you have something that they will also get in addition yes. to the teaching. Yes, for uh, the $100 gift with the teaching, you mm -hmm. get this nice piece of Montana pine mm. that uh, has been handcrafted. It uh, has this nice little gold hanger on it, and it has been shellacked, so you can put it outdoors. You can have it indoors or outdoors with the name Yahovah on it. Beautiful, mm -hmm. yes, and that's obviously done by someone who knows what they're talking yeah, about. Yes, very so. sweet lady, uh, and uh, she uh, she does a wonderful job. She does, yeah, beautiful. And she made 
For, for all of our partners. Yes. Want, wow. Yes, so that's a big feat. So the, each one of these yeah. is hand painted. That's not a stencil. Yep. She did each one of those individually. Yes, she did. And, wow. and on top of that, she has a 160-acre farm, mini farm, um, in, I guess, eastern Montana, which okay. is out in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. And she's got animals and everything, and she takes care of them. She's 66, I think she did. Wow, good yeah. for her. Okay, so yeah. that is your gift from this wonderful person of $100 yeah. or more. And for a gift of $300 or more, you'll get all that. Plus, uh, take a look on your screen here. Here it is. This is a beautiful keepsake uh, made of acrylic with the name of Yehovah's direct from the Aleppo Codex. So it's not like the, the hand-painted one here. This is scanned directly from the Aleppo Codex. And uh, so that's what you get for your gift of $300 or more. And it's yeah. really important to uh, keep keep um, supporting the ministry because we really appreciate what you did at the end of the year. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. it, it did wonders. Uh, we're able to plan for the next year That's now, but right. now we need to keep going. So yeah. thank you again. Continued uh, support is a great way to do it. And the Ambassador Club is probably the, the best way to do it. If you wanted to give some support all in one shot, can people do like, our Ambassador Club membership is $100 a month, but if someone should do it now, for, in January, for the rest of the year, right. could they just... Plunk down twelve hundred and, and yeah, call it a day. Absolutely, okay. we have people do that all the time. Okay, so who do they contact to, to do Just that? Just contact Partner Services, call okay. the number, and uh, we'll have someone help you right away. Okay, so the number at the bottom of the screen there—that's mm -hmm. who you contact, and yep. uh, that's how we can do that. Okay, so now our next guest here, David, uh, you, you taught us about um, survival skills last week, mm -hmm. and uh, he's going to teach us some different stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a real MacGyver. That's how right. I kind of term him. Yeah. He's a, kind of a MacGyver guy, and, and so he has all these different ways of doing things and cheap ways of doing stuff, like you don't need to buy the, you know, for example, the, the expensive solar kits that you find right. at whatever store. You can just get the panels and- And do it yourself? Yeah, put buckets underneath them to aim them at the sky. It's like, Seriously. wow, why not, right? Yeah. And he, you know, even this uh, one thing, I think I told you about, he, he has a uh, trick where you have a, not a trick, but just real simple logic. You have a starter, you know, a fire starter, mm -hmm. one of these uh, sticks, mm -hmm. and you press down and the spark comes out and you put it on a, uh, a cotton ball, but inside the cotton ball is a mothball. And as he essentially said that a mothball is like uh, solid gasoline. It's fuel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like, yeah. you've dealt with solid rocket fuel oh, yeah. before. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I think I would much rather deal with mothballs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he has a ton of great, great websites. Here's some if you just want to look them up before our guest even comes on tonight. Uh, Harris1234, his name is Stephen Harris, and he has all these websites. It's amazing. You go on and it'll just lead you to the next. He's got Harris1234.com. He has Stephen1234.com, Bugout1234.com, Solar1234.com, and my favorite, Prep1234.com. I think he even has one on batteries, making your own battery. I think it's battery1234.com. Anyway, wow. so he's got power videos, food videos. He's got uh, lists of what to buy with clickable links to each thing. Now, the surprising thing about that, I think I told you, David, is as I went through some of his websites and clicked on these things that he says are ideal, wouldn't you know it, nowadays, we're we're well, they're either pulling them or they're stuck out on a container ship somewhere, not making it to shore, something. Mm. A lot of these things are not available, so that should be a warning sign, guys. If things are running out, That's right. you get them now. That's right, don't wait. Go ahead and start now. Start right. start learning. I mean, there's so much information yeah. on the internet. One day we might not have the internet, so you really That's need to be prepping thing. now with data sheets. Uh, as I was talking about with hunting, knowing the game that you're hunting in the state you're in, where the biggest parts of the herd, if it's deer, where are they at? Mm. So there's a lot you may not have access to 
right. at some point. So you need to be prepping now. Exactly, and, and like Ted and uh, and uh, Jim talked about a couple weeks ago, make sure you get your communications now because exactly. they ordered all their stuff for their, their uh, what do they call them, the... Uh, the club. All comm boxes. Mm -hmm. Those big boxes oh, yeah. that they, they could communicate anywhere with. Those are all from Amazon. Well, who says Amazon is going to have all those that's things? That's right. You know, yeah. and so you've got a plan now. That's that's exactly the way this goes. So anyway, uh, so Anyway, we just wanted to uh, give some information about that yeah. and uh, go into our, our last so it's session. It's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, I'm just, I, yeah. I can't wait to get into talking yeah. with Dave, uh, Stephen Harris, so let's do that. All right, so believers everywhere see the signs. There's something not right in our world, and right now they're getting ready for the book of the Revelation to unfold. Storing food, getting ready with power outages, and learning survival skills. But the notion that everyone will be bugging out may not be right. So what's right? Stephen Harris is next. Stay with us. Of all the gospel accounts, not one was written by a relative of Yeshua, at least not one that we have in today's Bible. There are, in fact, many gospel accounts that never made it into our modern Bibles, the most significant of which was written by James, the brother of Yeshua. Significant because of its details surrounding a family secret about their cousin, Yochanan, John the Baptist. You couldn't come out and accuse Herod or Rome of these things that they didn't want to take responsibility for. Herod was trying to hide this murder. He doesn't want James writing it up in his gospel. Anybody who has that gospel from James himself would be tracked down and killed. In this month's Love Gift Teaching, The Gospel of James, Dr. Miles Jones explains the details of James' fascinating accounts of John, the murder of John's father, Zechariah, and his mother's heroic escape to the hills of Judea. Right now, for a limited time, you can get your copy of The Gospel of James by donation. Donate a $50 love gift and we'll send you The Gospel of James on DVD or Blu-ray. Or for a donation of $100, we'll send you The Gospel of James, plus a hand-painted wooden wall hanging featuring the Hebrew name of Yehovah. Or as a special offer for a donation of $300, we'll send you The Gospel of James, the hand-painted wall hanging, plus a stunning acrylic keepsake featuring the Hebrew name of God, scanned directly from the Aleppo Codex. These are special gifts from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Don't wait. The Gospel of James is available only until January 31st and supplies are limited. Call now to receive your gifts, 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. When Yeshua fed the 5,000 with 11 barley loaves in the Galilee, the Pharisees came down on him because they accused him that he and his disciples did not wash their hands before they ate bread. They did not wash their hands with a negel vesser and say this prayer, blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us by your commandments, commanding us concerning the washing of hands. Why didn't Yeshua do that? Why didn't his disciples follow that? Because it is takanot. It is a law which they invented, and Moses said no one is ever allowed to add to or subtract from. But the night of the Last Supper, Yeshua took bread and he 
put in place, a rehearsal that was really put in place by the Kohen Gadol, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek himself brought forth bread and wine to Abraham, and Yeshua interpreted that very thing. Barukata Yelva Elahino Melakalam Hamotsi Lechem Miharetz. This is what Yeshua put in place, that before we eat bread, that we say this prayer. And as often as we do this, we do it in remembrance of him because his broken body was broken for us and by his stripes we were healed. So as often as we do this, as often we do it in remembrance of him. And Yeshua took the cup and he said, Barukata Yehovah Elohim Malachalam, Barei Pri Hagafen. The creator of the fruit of the vine, Yehovah created the fruit of the vine. He said, this represents the renewed covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, do this. Remember me and remember, I will be drinking this with you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Shabbat Shalom. Well, welcome to Revelation Preparation. I'm very excited for our program today. Our guest today, Stephen Harris, is a consultant and expert in the field of energy. He spent 10 years in the aerothermal dynamics department of the scientific labs of Chrysler Corporation. He's also a nationally recognized expert in the preparedness field with a hands-on, no-nonsense approach to do-it-yourself home energy for disasters and family preparedness that has helped thousands of people in times of trouble. Steve, welcome to Revelation Preparation. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. Thank you again. So, you know, you think of Revelation or as preparation a little differently than than most people think. I mean, what are the most important considerations when an emergency strikes, for example? What are we talking about first? Food, water? I mean, what do we think of first, second, and third? One is knowledge between your ears. You got to have the knowledge of what to do because you are not always going to get caught with your stuff. You might fly out to say, see Aunt Betsy in San Francisco and there's an earthquake and you don't have all your canned goods, your storage and everything else with you. You got to know what are your priorities, what are your potentials and what do you need to start doing with things uh, that you have around you that you can find in the rubble. And, you know, San Francisco is a good example for an earthquake because you're stuck right there. The highways are all broken and everything else. The power's out. Everything you got, you got only what you got. And so you're going to start finding things that are going to be your tools to help you with what you're going to do. And the first thing I tell people to consider is a steak knife. Okay. Why? That's, that's very curious. Why a steak knife? Well, because it's sharp, cheap, 
and serrated and now you can make things that you need to make it's like you can take a pillowcase and you can take some rope you can cut the case you can cut the rope you now have a backpack you can take a pillowcase you can put a trash bag into it and not, and if you have to cross the river you can inflate the thing uh and tie it shut and you now have a flotation device to go across the river when you get across the river you can now scoop up the water with the trash bag and the pillowcase and tie it shut put another one on the other side of you one in the front, one in the back, connect it with the rope, trim the rope with the knife, and now you're carrying water as as you as you go forth and forward. So um, a steak knife is going to make any piece of wood a different shape that you need. It is going to trim any piece of cloth that you need to do, and it's going to cut any piece of rope that you're going to need in order to do whatever you need to do, whether you need to cut like three pieces and tie them all together to make a stronger, or you got to cut a long one to be a short one, whatever you're going to need to do. Uh, and plus when the, when, you know, FEMA flies in their helicopters and lands and sets up in a complete steak dinner, you got to have a steak knife to eat steak. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, okay. So I'm getting the, the point here that, you know, rather than having all your stuff, like you said, you're not into getting a whole bunch of fancy stuff. I mean, you have a ton of websites here. Let me just see if I can go through all of them here. Uh, well, well, me if I'm well, wrong. So you well, got, hang on a second. Well, you got Stephen1234.com, Harris1234.com, Solar1234.com, Bugout1234.com, Prep1234.com. What am I missing? Um, I got about 212.1234.com websites. Basically, the only one you really need right now is Harris1234.com and maybe Stephen1234.com. But see, the thing is, you threw out to me is like, Steve, what do we? What do we need? We 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 need. Uh, food and water and heating, right? And it's like, okay, thanks. Yeah, you're like a parrot. You're going, Polly, want a cracker? Here's your cracker. You just said all the right things. You want me to go, yes, of course. Only I'd put water first instead of food. No, none of those. None of those is, is your priority for what you need. You know, someone wrote to me and said, Steve, I need a list. I need a list. Give me a list of stuff I need. Tell me the most important thing I need to get. And we were in a chat. And, and I write back, I go, cat food. And he goes, well, what's next? Cat litter. And I go, well, what's next? And I go, fur brush. And, and he going, Steve, why are you talking about your cat? I go, you said you asked me for the most important stuff. Do you mean that my list is not your list? You mean the stuff that's most important to me is not the most important stuff to you? And it's like, okay, you know, this is a Christian show, so I won't say the words he said. But okay, uh, he goes, I kind of get your point. Because everyone goes, I just want a list. I just want a list. So I, you know what I did? I made up a list. Okay? And it's a list of thinking. I, for all the people here, just be warned. I'm going to tell you stuff you've not heard before from anyone else. I mean, the Fleming, who invented penicillin, which is one of the, the marvels of, of the world of why we live longer, won the Nobel Prize. If he came out and said, hey, I got the stuff made from bread mold. I can inject it in you and cure you of um, you know, most disease, syphilis, gone, uh, gone in six hours. It's like, do you think you know, 99 out of 100 people, the scientists would have gone, yes, of course you're right. No, maybe two out of 100 would. So it's like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for the, what the, the same thing that the same person is saying after the same person over and over and over? Are you looking for the one that comes out and says something different? Is that what gets your attention?
So that is what I am absolutely positively going to do. Some of you are going to hate me, and 90% of you are going to go, I love this guy. So for the 10% that I piss off, sorry. <laughs> well, I think you've, you've come to the right place because a rude awakening is all about uh, getting people to think in ways that they have not thought of before. So for example, uh, a lot of people think that preparedness means bugging out. Why or why is that not a good idea? Okay, well, we need to get back to the other list, but I'll, I'll jump back to bugging out for you. Okay, uh, tell me. What are the examples of when you're going to need to bug out? Please tell me. Tell me. What disasters, what examples are you going to need to bug out? Well, everybody's coming to get you like a zombie apocalypse. I suppose that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> well, we did have massive riots going on in the United States and burning and looting. And so that is a very legitimate bugging out example. We just had another one a couple of days ago down south. Tornado, F5, F3, big tornado. You know, you can see it on the radar on your phone. It's going dee, 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 dee. It's like that. That thing's 15 minutes out. That would be a perfect example of why you would need to grab a bag and run out the door. Because you came back and guess what? Your house is missing. So that is one of the few very good examples. Another one actually happened to a family member, dam break. Two to, you know, dam broke, and it's like, uh, we're getting a warning, the dam's breaking. I go, grab your bug out bag and get out. She, But it's never flooded here. Yeah, we've never had a dam break. So there's another good example. Tsunami warning, another good example of having to bug out. Forest fire, right? and you better be careful. Those things can sneak up on you, and there's been people who've had sheriff deputies knocking on the door saying, you got to leave in five minutes. Another good example of bugging out. Okay, as far as everything else goes, no, there is no bugging out situation. It is a rarity. Uh, hurricane, if you didn't leave, you're stuck right where you are when it hits. Earthquake, pavement all jacked up, everything down, you're not getting out. Blizzard come up on you, like in Texas and other places. Well, people don't know that the tornado's coming, and they've been screaming about it for two days, let alone the day before. People ignore everything about the blizzards. Like, oh, I didn't know it was going to snow. So, like, blizzard, you're stuck, out, stuck right where you are. Um, uh, tornado, you're either fine or you're not. So, you're you're basically stuck right where you are. Most disasters, 9-11 included, you're stuck right where you're at. Now, what the people in 9-11 needed was they didn't need a bug-out bag. They needed a get-home bag. Because they were, you know, there was more pound of load in human beings on the Brooklyn Bridge than there ever was in history from the people walking across it in 9-11. More than, you know, it stacked up with trucks going in and out. There was more weight on the bridge in human beings than there ever was. They were taking the ferry across the river. They were walking out. They needed a get-home bag. So if you got a bag of stuff, you know, what good is it for you to have it at home and you're like, I'm going to bug out. Well, something happens and you're at work. You, you need to have a kit and you need to adjust it for the season. Winter, you know, uh, summer, fall, rainy season. You need to adjust it for your situation that you're going to be in. And it needs to be, you know, it doesn't have to be in the office with you. It can be in your car. Although if it's a hot day, you might bring it into the office or a smaller version of it. And, you know, you got one at home, but you need to, th you know, stop getting fixated on a word, on a name. And this goes along with my 
Harris list of things that are most important for you. So I'm going to give you the list. Your number one most important thing is breathing. If I come up behind you, I put my hand over onto your mouth, mouth and your nose. How long before you're going to start really having a problem? Couple About of minutes. Two, no, okay, I'm, uh, you hold your mouth. I'm going to have the control room <laughs> run a timer right now. Okay, no, you're going to have a problem in about two seconds if I, if I cut off. So by breathing, I mean, okay, what's going to affect your breathing? Sand, dust, uh, fire, you know, from forest fire, fire in your house, uh, uh, a chemical spill from uh, a, a tanker truck or a railroad car, ammonia, chlorine, all those things. Breathing is your number one thing. Okay, that will affect you in seconds. The next thing you need to have is whether you are going to avoid it, fight it, or protect against it. You need protection from things that are going to make holes in your body and make you bleed out and die. And you're talking about food, water, heat. No. First, I need to breathe. Second, I don't need holes put in my body by bullets or knives or things being thrown at me by a tornado at 300 miles an hour. Okay. Then, Fix I number three is fix too hot or too cold. Well, do I need an air conditioner? Do I heat it? No, you need clothing. Jim Phillips, one of the best preparedness teachers there is out there. Good friend of mine calls clothing your mobile personal shelter. Your clothing is more important than your food and your water. If I throw you in, if I put you in a fall jacket, you go to grandma's in Montana, have Christmas dinner, hop back in the car, get ready to drive two hours home. You're out of cell range. You're on one of the highways and your car stops and it's 10 degrees outside. You got a 20 mile per hour wind. How long are you going to stay alive? Yeah, not very. I used to live in Saskatchewan. I know what that's like. And uh, that's why we had parkas in the trunk. Yeah. So, I mean, you understand what I'm saying. Fixing too hot or too cold, you know, being in in Portland, Oregon or Washington at 40 degrees and just, you know, steady, continuous rain. That is not a good situation either. That will they, these things will kill you before you dehydrate. OK. And the next thing you need to have is um, number four, treatment of severe pain, injury or dire illness like dysentery or bleeding. So go back and see number two about fixing holes in your body. Tourniquet, knowledge how to use it, blood stopping methods, agents, then the training, the training that goes along with that. And then you need to get to number five, daily medications. There are people that will not be alive tomorrow if they don't have their medication today. How can I make a list for you? I can't make a list for you. You have to make your own list. If you're dependent upon a medication, and you know, diabetics are a good one. They're not going to die in a day. But there are some people that do need to have blood pressure and heart medications and other medications. Or they're, they're literally in trouble the next day. Now, only down to get to number six, are we into hydration? And hydration or water means water and all the things that go with water, all the things to scoop up water, all the things to purify, clean, and cleanse water, all the things you need to carry water, thus the pillowcase with the trash bag and the rope that I mentioned. So water means not just water, but all the things that go along with water. Number seven after hydration. You think it's going to be food? Nope. It's illumination. You need to have illumination because half the day is dark. 
you need to, you know, you're, you need to have light so you can actually find your food and get your food to eat it when it's dark. Otherwise, you can't see you're not doing anything. And here's one of the stupidest things, I bet you, you want to know one of the stupidest terms in preparedness, and you hear the government do it all the time. You want to know what it is? Tell me. Have a flashlight and batteries. Why is one that dumb? Because you could add three or four more words, and instead of telling something, you could now, someone, something, you can now enable them. So I tell you, you have a flashlight and battery. You go to Home Depot, it's like, oh, that's a cute little flashlight, and it fits in my pocket. And, oh, yeah, it runs on AAA batteries. You have no idea how long that lasts. You have no idea that it'll last for minutes and hours instead of hours and days and weeks. If you take the statement, have a flashlight and batteries, and you change it to have an LED flashlight with D-cell alkaline batteries and extra batteries, that whole statement, I just enabled you. You now know exactly what to look for. You're going to go to the store. You're going to say, Steve said, look for an LED flashlight. There's an LED flashlight. He said, did he say D or AA, honey? Bam, she slaps you. He said D, didn't you hear him? Okay, D, alkaline, right? Bam. Yes, he said alkaline. You know, so D-cell alkaline batteries with an LED flashlight and spare batteries. Now you are what I call enabled. You have all the knowledge you need to go and do something on your own. You don't need to call me from the flashlight. And I'll go, Steve, there's a lot of flashlights here. I don't know which one I should get. Should I get a headlight? Should I get the AAA, the AA? The AA one is really cute, and it's got like a thing I can push on it, and it'll make a siren and a noise, and it'll blink red. No. No. Do you see the difference between what I'm saying? You know, when you take classes from me, I don't make stupid little 13-minute YouTube videos. You know, I make epics like uh, my uh, local, my what's called pandemic shopping, but it's now local disaster, uh, local disaster and pandemic pre-disaster shopping. It's five hours long. Now it's broken into 15 segments between five minutes and 50 to eight minutes. So you can jump around and, you know, it's like, I don't want to listen to this. I want to listen to this first and this one. You can go around and make it your own. But when I enable you, I, there's nothing. I'm not telling you you have to go out and buy anything from me. It, when you get the video, it's like, I know how to do this. And it's with everything that you got around you. I want you to be able to do stuff not with some gee whiz gadget. I want you to do with stuff that you can get at the grocery store. You can get at Walmart. You can get at Home Depot. You can get, I mean, actually, sometimes Amazon is faster than going to Home Depot. But, you know, I want you to be able to get things with everything that you have around you. Otherwise, it's no good to you. But. I'm going to put that knowledge between your ears with anything I teach you, like a CPR class. I teach you, you take, go to a CPR class, you can walk out of that class and practice CPR for the rest of your life without any other tools, any other things that's between your ears. And that is what I do with preparedness. That is what I do with energy. That's what I do with other things that I teach you is I put things between your ears that you can then go out and practice on your own without the permission of others. I guess you could say it's kind of like the gospel is kind of biblical. It goes between your ears and you have the values and the understanding and the examples of which to conduct part, you know, that part of your life with, doesn't it? 
It does, it does indeed. So you're not after, again, you're not after getting this kit and that kit. It's more about, I hear you saying it's more about having everyday items that you can sort of make your own way with, with the things that you need for your family where you live. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're the, one of the other dumbest things perpetrated on the American public for preparedness is the 72-hour kit. Oh, I got a three-day kit. I'll be just fine. Okay, we've just gone through a pandemic, riots, food shortages, remember the protein shortage? And we got more events coming up, you know, 100 days of rioting, uh, an entire week of no power in Texas, some freezing temperature. How do you think that three-day kit lasted? <laughs> About three days. <laughs> yeah, not even that. Did you see that government helicopter coming? Oh, I only need the last three days, and the government will fly in helicopters with barbecue grills. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> so we get the number eight on the list. It's food, food and all the things that go with it. Here, let me give you a fun one for food. What if I give you, say, 20 bucks or 40 bucks, 30 bucks? I'm going to tell you to walk into Walmart. What can you buy that is going to be the most amount of calories, the most shelf-stable, the most delicious, and give you the most amount of energy for the least amount of money, and it's in Walmart. What is it? For 20 bucks, um, how about a big bag of rice? No, well, you got to cook it. How are you going to – you got to cook and prepare it, okay? Good you're, point. You're foot, you're foot mobile. See, I want you to think, okay? Even though you didn't answer correctly, you answered with a question and I just redirected you. So I'm redirecting you to think again and come up with another answer for our audience. Oh, gosh. Now I'm putting me on spot. Uh, <laughs> uh, things you don't have to cook, nutritious. Um, I'm oh, gonna... no, 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 no. Screw nutrition. Oh, okay. take, nutri take nutrition and screw it. Your body is so full of vitamins from your American diet, you wouldn't suffer from scurvy like the old sailors did in the time of the 1800s for like two to three months. You do not need nutrition. You need calories. Okay, it's like you're freezing cold in Texas and the power outage is there. You just get out of your car, you're hungry and you're freezing and you're cold. You don't know what to do. And I, you come up and you go, sir, do you have any food for me? Yes, sir, I have. I got broccoli for you. It's nutritious. <laughs> or, or, or would you rather say most people are going to answer, say, beef jerky? Well, Beef jerky is a good answer. However, it's expensive, and uh, it is a lot less for the money. The number one thing you can buy in Walmart is shortbread cookies. Really? Keebler, especially like Keebler Sandies, but you can go for Walker shortbread or uh, uh, Laura Dunes if you want. Shortbread is almost the same caloric density as butter. It's like 2,200 calories per pound. It costs a couple bucks for a pound of it or thereabouts. It tastes delicious. It's made from, you, you, you don't know what it's made from, do you? Uh, butter for one. Yeah, butter, yeah, sugar, flour. <laughs> uh, that's it. You know what's missing? Uh, water. No. no water, which means it doesn't dry out. Ah. Okay. And the butter is actually stabilized with something called, is it BHT or BHA? Anyways, it won't go rancid for a very, very long time. And so it's made with literally sugar, which is a quick source of calories. I prefer not to have sugar in my daily diet, but it's a disaster. And so sugar... Butter. The number one way you can get the most calories is through fat. Butter is fat. If you watch Life Below Zero, the Inuit up north, yeah, you're from Saskatchewan. Seal blubber, fat, meat. They want the fat moose. They don't want the lean moose. 
Okay, fat gives you calories, and then you got your starch, which is which is the flour. So you got your your quick sugar, your slow sugar, and a bunch of fat, and it costs like two dollars. Doesn't spoil. You can put it in your car. It doesn't care. You can freeze it. It doesn't matter. You can still eat it if it's frozen. It tastes delicious. You might get a little bored with eating it after three days, but if you only had twenty bucks. If you only had 20 bucks, it would be an absolutely fabulous thing for you to have. So, anyways, food and everything that goes with it is number eight. Number nine is oh, hold shelter. That, hold that thought, Stephen. We're getting let's cut the, uh, cut the list there for a second. We'll be right back. Uh, folks, thank you for watching uh, Shabbat Night Live. Uh, we'll be right back with more from Stephen Harris. And if you enjoy this program, uh, we encourage you to uh, donate to the program so that others can see this as well. Thank you. And thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. Did it surprise you? It surprised me. Number eight on the list was food to have in your emergency kit. Stephen Harris, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you were just about to get into number nine. What's number nine in our list? Shelter. But then it says go back and look at number three, which is fixed too hot or too cold with clothing. So are you protecting against rain? Are you protecting against wind? Are you getting into a space or an area that you can warm? Or are you getting into some, some shade where you can hide from the sun? Or you're jumping in the lake to cool down or whatever. So nine, shelter and everything that goes along with number three, which takes care of the problem. Basically, number three just gets you, you know, to your medication, to your hydration to your illumination and to your food and to your shelter because if you freeze to death before you can get there you you won't get there and here we go number 10 your most important thing is your lifeline to anyone and everything if you are ever going to call for help or let people know you need something or you need to let them know you're okay or someone that you love and care about is going to tell you they are in need of something is communications and principally that is going to be your cell phone since 9-11 the cell phone network is incredibly robust has been extremely hardened. They all have their own backup communication uh, power. I went through the blackout of 2003, which hit about 60 million people for three days. And uh, all the cell phones were down for the first two days. We only had landlines, but this was, again, 2003. Uh, so communications and, um, you know, it's, I don't, one of my ex-wife's relatives when she was my wife she she drove for two hours to another town tried to find the convention and her phone died in her car so she couldn't use maps anymore so she couldn't find her convention so she turned around drove two hours home didn't even have you know for christmas she got uh, a wall charger for home a wall charger for next to her bed a wall charger for work she got a car charger for car number one a car charger for car number two and then she got a wall charger small one to go into her purse and each of them all came with with cables and then she got uh, a nice little usb battery that was appropriate size for her situation and now she could charge her phone anywhere that she was not without the car charger and the home charger typically what you do, what's good for you to do with your phone and communications you don't take your charger with you you move between your charger locations so yeah like i said you have one at home you go into the car you have one in the car you go to work you got one at work you, you know and, and and then you have in the vehicle or near you 
you know, a, a battery for recharging the phone, a USB battery, and or you have a little bag that is also has another car charger and a wall charger with it. So it's like if you have your if your car breaks out, you got to swap vehicles, you got to go with someone else, or something changes, or you have to, you know, help a friend. It's like here, you know, you have an extra charger for both car and wall to go with you, uh, you know, to the other location along with your USB battery. So, I mean, it, it warns you of, like, we just had the whole tornado outbreak and the tr- people dying down south. You know, your phone is your is your lifeline for warnings, notifications, communications. Does grandma need help? Is it your wife calling you? Say, hey, let the dog out. Uh, is You know, it, it's like, are you broken down having to call 911? You know, whatever the situation is. You know, that cell phone is your lifeblood communications to the rest of the, of, of the population and the world. The next thing you, is oh, number 11, radiological and bacterial and viral protection. Uh, so this is going to be, we could say a, a Geiger counter, but that's almost a two-hour show in itself. But basically, this is antibiotics and medicines for something that might get you infected. It's either eating something, you get dysentery, or it's a skin wound, a skin infection, an abscessed tooth. You need antibiotics, painkillers for that. And the last thing on the list is transportation and everything related to that form of transportation. Now, if you got transportation, you also have power. Even if you got a motorcycle, you now have power for number 10, which is your communications, number seven, which is your illumination and navigation. But usually if you got your number 10 communications, you got navigation. Even without the internet, you can have offline maps and everything. You got GPS signals. So, you know, the last thing is transportation so you can get out of or go help or whatever have. So those are the 12 things. And I want you to look at those 12 things and then make your list based upon those 12 things. You're going to make your own list of what is important in your life and what is important, you know, for those that you love and care about. Maybe your mother's at home with you. She's on an oxygen concentration. You're going to have to have a 600-watt inverter to deliver about 350 watts on your car at idle. One of the classes I have is how to power your house from your car in order to run her oxygen concentrator. So, or your CPAP at night. Or, um, you know, your list, my list is not your list. So I'll do them real quickly for you. One, breathing. Two, protection from making holes in your body. Three, fix too hot or too cold, rain or wind. Clothing is your mobile personal shelter. Four, treatment of severe pain, injury, like bleeding or dire illness. Dysentery can kill you in as little as half a day. It's drastic, but it can. Usually for us in America, it'd be one or two days. Five, daily medications you must have. Six, hydration and everything that goes along with hydration. Seven, illumination to make the rest of the day you know, other than something other than sleeping. Other than that, when the sun goes down and it's dark, you can't see, you're sleeping. Uh, eight, food, which you just found with your illumination because it got dark. Nine, shelter. And C, number three, shelter is more protection than number three. Ten, communications, your cell phone, as far as most of the world is concerned. Eleven, protection against 
bacterial, viral infections, and things that will incapacitate you. And 12, transportation. Speaking of protection of things, what's the number one thing throughout history? If you're in the military, you're in combat, you're in the field, you're down there in Knoxville and in and, and Kentucky right now helping with the uh, tornado disaster and everything else, whether you're a victim or a rescuer or you're a fire, what's the number one thing that's going to incapacitate you and take you off mission? Getting a cut of some kind, I would think. You got it. Dermal, anything skin, uh, cut, blister, rash, burn. Your skin is the number one thing that there is. There's another 1234 site called firstaid1234.com. I got a free class up there on first aid. You don't have to do anything. You can go listen to it. It's the one that the Red Cross would never ever give you but because i give it to you in order of things that are going to incapacitate you number one is your skin you need things to like cover wounds patch wounds uh to put padding between your foot and your shoe and you need uh creams ointments powders and uh uh, antibacterial ointment and or things to cover. You need stuff to take care of your skin because it will make you immobile. I mean, I will take you from a three mile per hour walking person to a quarter mile per hour limping person with a wound to your foot. Yep. So true. Absolutely. So, so what's the, after I've gone through all this, what's the number one question on your mind that you think your audience is screaming at the screen right now asking? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> there's a ton of things we could ask you, but. Uh, no, no. What's the first thing that came to your mind that, you, that after I just did this dissertation to you, what's the number one thing that came to your mind? It's like, oh, Steve, I got to know about. We got to know about whether this is best to do this on your own or get into community. Which one's better? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I saw that mentioned into community. Well, absolutely. I'm the one who made the saying that most people love. It's easier to feed your neighbors than it is to shoot them. And, and, and other people have said, they've changed it. And they say, well, it's cheaper. I go, no, it's not cheaper. I said, it's easier. It's easier to feed your neighbors, and your neighbors don't have to eat what you're eating. You might have the freeze-dried stuff and you know, and the better stuff stored, but they're gonna, your neighbors are going to be happy with rice and beans and corn flour and everything else about on day two. They might not like it on day one, but on day two and day three, I guarantee it. And it's not so much as like-minded community, because if you got other people, let's say your neighbor is polar opposite of you, let's say they're a lefty, Satan-worshipping, whatever, just make it whatever the opposite of you is. You know, whoever's listening to this, just make the the person like that. It doesn't matter if they are like-minded because they will be part of your community and helping you because they will be a part of your community no matter what they think and feel because they will be part of the community of I'm hungry. And if you have spare food, which you can get for pennies, I I cover food extensively on Harris1234.com. And um, I, I show you how to feed people for cheaper than you can possibly imagine. But they will be in your debt. They will love you. It is, th- it is with community. It's like I ask you, okay, your neighbors, start telling me about the talents of some of your neighbors where you live. 
where I live. One is yeah. One is a what? One is another what? So who is who is another what? Tell me what they do. Well, I've got a I've got an uh, an elder. Well, she, not elder. She's, a, she's about twenty years older than me. She's a nurse, so she has a lot of experience as a nurse. Number one. Who else? Okay, pick another one. Uh, I've got a teacher on the other side of me. I believe he taught uh, shop. Oh, okay, good, good. Well, uh, if it was a regular public school teacher, those are the people we put out uh, uh, tied to the pole for the zombies. <laughs> no, who else? Give me something else. What else you got around you? I oh gosh, who else have I got around me? Um, I've only got two neighbors on either side of me, but. Um... Oh, you're out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, I mean, your neighbors are very likely like some of mine. One, uh, two of them are mechanically oriented for vehicles. One is, you know, like your shop teacher. He's oriented towards a house. I have another one that is in the medical profession, just like your friend who's a nurse and everything else. And then I just got some young people. Well, they don't know crap. But what are they good for? Staying all up all night with the night vision on and the radio going, Mr. Harris, we see there's someone coming down the street okay thank you okay and other people you know you need people of all talents the mother the grandmother they can watch your children the neighbor's children while someone else goes out and does something brings something back people are going to be cooking let me tell you in a disaster you are actually pretty darn busy they you know people go i'll get this and i'll put it on the shelf and i'll read the instructions and figure it out when the disaster happens you ain't got time you're glued to the radio you're glued to the tv you're you're, you're glued to one information source or after another People are calling you. You're calling people. What's what's going on? What happened there? What did you hear? What did you? You are actually pretty darn busy. You don't get into downtime until it's like a week into an event, and then it's like, well, okay, you know. Then you actually start getting into maybe something that might resemble boredom, but you're still probably too busy because everything that you had that made life easy is now not working. Now, so have- instead. So, sorry, to cut you off. let me ask you this. So, so you asked about my neighbors on either side of me, and, and you you concluded correctly that I live in a semi-rural area. So I'm assuming that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, an emergency preparedness situation there is a lot different than a bunch of people living in a high-rise. Yes, yes. Well, one of the interesting things is I've consulted to a lot of high net worth people and they go, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And it's like, okay, um, you got a gardener and a maid and a helper. It's like, yes, an assistant. It's like, okay, fine. I'll train them for you. They'll get everything that they we need for the estate, and you tell all the people that work for you when anything bad happens, you, they all come to your house, you'll take care of them. So, I mean, how's that for for a philosophy? You know, and so the people that work for them, it's like, yeah, bring your entire family because they can afford to have the extra food and the and the and the and the stuff. And I train them, and they go, oh, this is easy. So now everyone's taken care of. You know, and now you got all that talent in one area. An apartment, you know, you ask, like, what's the difference between doing this in a house and doing this in an apartment? And my answer is you have a longer extension cord from your vehicle going up to your third floor apartment than you do from your driveway into your house. Because your vehicle, how to power your house from your car, which is if you go to Harris1234.com, you click on power. There'll be something labeled power pack one, and they're not in order. It actually goes like three, one, two, then four. Don't ask. Uh, it's called SHEP, Simple Emergency Home Power Solutions. It'll show you how to power your house from your car. But literally, um, I, I've 
gone on vacations and been in a 14th floor condo and i actually literally measured before we went on google maps how long of an extension cord i'd need to go from my vehicle all the way up to the 14th floor in order to give us power if we got one of those hurricanes coming towards us but it's like well it might hit you might not hit you you might have to evacuate you might have to evacuate well anyways i wanted power and so um I ran that up there. The other difference is you're going to have less space for things that are fuel-ish um, type of things. You're not going to be storing gasoline in an apartment. The the people who come in and fix things are going to see it. They're just going to have a, they're going to have kittens worse than a fire firefighter that I call hose pullers because everything is a fire hazard. Um, so, uh, what you can have an apartment that is very, very good is propane, either a barbecue tank or to the one pound cylinders to butane. Uh, those work very good in an apartment. You're actually going to have a better sense of community in an apartment situation. Um, you're going to want to have some semblance of power just so you can have fans in order to keep yourself cool and or you're going to have issues with staying warm. So you are going to need to have clothing in an apartment if the central heating system or the power system is down. You can't heat yourself as easy as you can as if you're in a residence. Um and you might want to find a place to have some stuff off site. Yeah, you know, that you could that's you know a mile away, you know, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle. It's like, hey, can I put some stuff in your basement for you and me during the disaster? It's like, sure. And it's like you can go there. You don't always have to think in that box and that apartment is your box. You can think outside of the box and and how you can have other things and other resources, you know, in different locations. Besides, you don't want everything always in one location if you can help it, because what happens if you lose that location because of a fire or something else? You know, if you got some stuff over at your aunt's a mile away, you can have a bag there with clothes and necessities and spare meds and everything else because your entire apartment complex just got burned down. Steve, I think we've just uh, touched the, the surface here, and I'd like to come back and do a bonus episode with you. Would that be all right? Yeah, let's do a bonus episode because you know what? If those, you know, if you haven't signed up and joined to be a part of whatever lets you into the double secret probation secret bonus area, <laughs> it's like, you know, either you're in or you're out because now that we're going into the secret area, I'm going to start dishing out some of the stuff that you've never really heard. All right. And also to thank you for your time today, please uh, tell us where people can find uh, the, the greatest collection of your information on, on which website or which websites. Um, Harris1234.com will lead you to the best stuff that uh, I have. In fact, I don't even have a sign up on there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I made discounts for you just for your just for your people. Oh, wonderful. Uh, how, how do they get those? Uh, let's see. Um, there, here they are. Okay. Well, we don't want any of a certain type of people coming to the website. So the coupon code to get the discount is God bless Donald Trump 2024. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Actually, I don't care if you're a Trump supporter or a Bernie supporter. I don't care. You're a beating heart. You love someone. Someone loves you. Everyone is welcome and to come and get educated by me. I just put that in for levity. All right. Actually, if you want... 50% off the Simple Emergency Home Power Pack number one, which is five hours, 15 videos, watch online, and 
download instantly if you want. Uh, 50% off of that it makes it like 18 bucks. Uh, it's Rude 50, R-O-O-D-5-0. No space, upper or lowercase, doesn't matter. And if you like that, you go, hey, this guy knows something. I might want to buy something else. Uh, you can get 30% off of everything on anything you want on the site or everything on the site. You can get 30% off, and I made this one just for you, John 316, J-O-H-N 316, no colon. And that will get you 30% off a of run of the site. So go get five hours of some of the best stuff I've done for 18 bucks. And if you decide I'm worthy and you want more, then uh, you can use John 316, no colon, no space, and you can get uh, more on the site. So, Stephen, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you very much on behalf of all of our supporters. And thank you for watching Shabbat Night Live. Make sure to go to the app. Stephen and I are just getting started. See you there.